Jimmy, you, uh, you locked and loaded? Oh, not yet. Alright. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Paul Alves, joined by the whole crew, the whole crew today. We got Father Robert. How you doing, Padre? I'm just fine here in D.C. where it's starting to warm up, but it's not yet to that point at which you didn't want to run for the hills. It's it, mildly saggy. And, you know, it's off, awfully humid here there. in Toronto. Uh, how's it like in uh, North Carolina, Sir Jimmy? This is the week that it gets hot <laughs> and it stays hot until winter. So... I'm excited. I got the whole garden planted. Now it's just time to sit and watch it grow. I'm happy to be back with Father Robert and Mr. Middleton today. It's a pleasure. That's right. Speaking of Mr. Middleton, how is Alan? How's the weather in Ohio? It's uh, summer has arrived in full force. Absolutely. And I'd like to welcome all, also our guests. We have Selena Coppock, author of The New Rules for Blondes. We'll talk about that later. Hello, Selena. How are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. And you're in New York City? Yes. Fantastic. How's the weather? Since we're doing the whole weather thing. I know. It's been kind of up and down. It's, there, it's been super hot, and then it's been switching to cold. Today, it's kind of humid, so my hair is kind of flat. Well, you know, got to deal with it. Your hair is fine. It's great. <laughs> it's better than mine. Mine left. <laughs> <laughs> we're also joined today by Leon Dolan, author of Elizabeth, the first wife, and also a podcaster. We like podcasters. How's Thank it going, you Leah? very much. I'm here in Pasadena where the weather is perfect, of course. So uh, there you have it. It's always perfect in Pasadena, right? <laughs> it always is. Every darn day. Do you ever see those like guys that. from the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> Every day I see someone wearing a T-shirt that, in fact, says, yes, I am a rocket scientist. Right. So <laughs> because we have a lot of people from JPL and Caltech in the neighborhood. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start the show, as we always do, by really quickly going through the book's news. Uh, the week's book news, and uh, we'll talk about it later in the show, but we're just going to go through really quick and rapid fire, rapid, I can't even talk today, rapid fire succession, and it's called Book News. The title of the third Bridget Jones novel revealed, Bridget Jones, Mad About the Boy by Helen Fielding, will be released in October. The character whose two prior books from the 1990s sold only 15 million copies between them is now older and must cope with the annoyances of dating in the modern world, including social media and texting. Uh, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing she sends a picture to someone that she wishes she hadn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, this whole Bridget Jones thing, just like the internet, it's just a fad. It'll go away. <laughs> no ebook for Stephen King's upcoming novel, Joyland. In a move to bump up physical book sales, Stephen King will not release a phys uh, an ebook version of his new novel, Joyland, according to the Wall Street Journal. It's something of a radical move for, for the man who stood on stage with Bezos in 2009 to introduce the Kindle too. This time, King has decided to throw his support behind brick-and-mortar booksellers. Uh, quote, I have no plans for a digital version, King told the Wall Street Journal. In the meantime, let people stir their sticks and go to an actual bookstore rather than a digital one. Bold move by King. That's like when Apple says, hey, we have no plans for a tablet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Al Gore's actually got a new book out that predicts the future. Um, his book goes beyond climate change this time to take on the future of our civilization. It's called The Future, Six Drivers of Global Change. In the book, Gore identifies six emerging forces that are changing the world around us and outlines what we can do 
to protect the future. Well, let, let's hope that his predictions in that one are you know a little bit better than his uh, global warming predictions. Just saying, just putting it out there. Hey, uh, sir, uh, Professor Allen, why don't you start uh, the first story in books on film and television? Agents of Shield on ABC's fall TV schedule. Marvel's Agents of Shield, starring Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson, will take the Disney's Avengers franchise from the big screen to the little one. Produced by TV veteran Joss Whedon, director of last year's blockbuster movie, the show is scheduled to air Tuesdays at 8 p.m. starting in the fall. It's gonna be like a low-budget Avengers, you think? No, no low budget whatsoever. This is no. uh, this is gonna have some muscle behind it, I think. <laughs> hey, well, one that has a lot of muscle behind it is the uh, Under the Dome miniseries that's coming soon. And you can now watch an exclusive clip uh, of Under the Dome based on Stephen King's, of course, best-selling novel. And uh, it's, it's great. Uh, have you guys read, Padre, have you read uh, Under the Dome? I have not. I, it's been on my to-read list for quite a while, but um, something always gets in front of the line. Hmm. Yeah, well, there, there, there's a, a preview out now. You go to bookguys.ca slash blog slash Under the Dome, and you'll find the video. Uh, it no it's, it's, looks pretty good. I mean, they got some good special effects. Uh, it's the story of a small town that inexplic inexplicably gets covered by a giant dome slash force field. And then uh, Sting, you know, that sets the stage for uh, King's story, of course. People go berserk. It's awesome. Uh, all I can it, think of is that Simpsons episode. Where yep, that Springfield. It's Springfield. It's Eva. <laughs> Simpsons did it. <laughs> hey, Professor Allen, do we have any comic book news? Should I play the jingle? Hit it. Oh, comic books, comic books, comic books. First appearance of Superman used as insulation. Action <laughs> Comics number one was published in 1938. Shortly thereafter, one copy was used as additional insulation in a Minneapolis house. David Gonzalez found it a few weeks ago when he was renovating the abandoned place. Now, another copy of the comic recently sold for more than $2 million, but... A fight between Gonzalez and his wife's aunt over the comic resulted in a ripped cover oh. and a greatly reduced value. The book is up for That must be a Simpsons episode, too. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it's not uncommon back in like the 20s and 30s to use paper and newspapers to stuff the wall. I mean, you know, we didn't have, you know, insulation back then, like proper, you know, fiberglass pink. But to see this, I, I saw the story and... To be fighting over whether you're going to get 40% or 50% of this $2 million and then rip the damn thing. And it looks like they're going to sell for around 150000 now. Yeah. Oh, they could have had a million I mean, each. Could, <laughs> I mean, there's something about literally fighting, I mean, about fighting over it, but not <laughs> literally fighting <laughs> over it is where we have to draw the line. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever watched a, a animated show called The Venture Brothers? No. No, there, there's an episode where one of the characters, who is a comic book geek, uh, gives as collateral com Superman number one. And so it, and it has in the quarter, you know, uh, what, what's, the, what's the official ranking that they use? The, the, the something, something, something value? Yeah. The yeah. CGC. Right, exactly. That is $2 million. And then over the, and the, the person who receives it has no idea what it is, thinks it's just another comic book. So, you know, he's rolling it up, he's keeping it in his back pocket. And over the course of the episode, the value just keeps dropping further and further and further <laughs> down until it goes to zero. That's what this kind of reminds me of. It's, it's that foible of, okay, first of all, what is it doing in a wall? And then once you find out what, that it's there, what are you doing ripping it? <laughs> hey, you know, you know what, one thing that can't be destroyed, ripped, is a digital book. And a digital audiobook. So this is when I talk about our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com. Uh, Sir Jimmy, what, what do you got on the go, Audible.com? What do I got on the go? I actually, I'm listening to uh, a book called Sick. But oddly enough, it's not on Audible. Our friends at Brilliance Audio sent me this, and it's on a stack of CDs like this. See, so, and, and oh. that's inconvenient. I, I, I yeah. love the Audible Party account. foul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you put no, me on the spot. I, I did, I, I did. I'm in the middle of this book. I did. I know. Them. Maybe you're, you're waiting for your next credit. I hear you. But, you know, it's, it's convenient. You don't have to carry around. Look, I'll show you. Actually, I'll show you guys this later in the show. But that's an audiobook. Oh. <laughs> that's oh a proper audiobook there. We'll talk about that later. But it's convenient. The Audible account, you can try audiobooks for free. 
just by going to bookguys.ca slash audible or audibletrial.com slash bookguys. And they've got over 135,000 titles. You can listen on any device you have. You can listen in your car. You can listen on your iPod, your iPad, your Samsung Galaxy, whatever. And you never lose your place. You can even switch. I switch between this iPad mini here at work sometimes. And, my and if your fingers are coated in greasy chicken and you've got to go change a CD to the next CD, that's right. you don't have to deal with that either. Right, then you get so greasy. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not really excited yeah. about this CD thing, you know. <laughs> if it hadn't been that they sent it to me, you know, I, I, I prefer everything on audiobook. I'm very spoiled. I hate, I hate touching you know, paper and That is CDs, an issue anything. with a lot of the, the audiobook producers, for some reason, still only send us review copies in CD format, which I don't understand they could just email me a digital file which cost them nothing you know and i see some of the the, the shipping rates on this stuff it makes no sense digital files audible.com you can listen it's not replacing reading a book it's not replacing reading selena's book you know in your hand but if i wanted to read a book while i'm driving or while i'm mowing the lawn or gardening it's kind of hard to do it with a paperback in your hand so it's great to be able to put on the headphones and go, and you probably get an extra book or two out a week. Just saying, audible.com. You, you know what, Paul? You know what, Paul? What do you, let, let Sir Jimmy go sit in the corner for a second. Throw it to me and let me show you how you, you pimp out an audible. Okay, let's just go back in time. <laughs> hey, Padre, what do you got going on uh, audible.com right now? Well, you know, right now I've picked up a book I, I abandoned a while back. This is one of the things I love about Audible that uh, it remembers where you left off. So I was flipping through my catalog recently. I was out in California. I had a long drive ahead of me over to Vegas, and I thought, hey, I need something that's about nine hours long. And boom, <laughs> hey, I had a book that was nine hours long. It was called Zero Day. It's, it's a Jeff Aiken novel. Now, uh, it, it's, it's sort of like this culmination of all the things you would think would go wrong with a, a digital system. You've got a nuclear plant getting infected. You've got airliners falling out of the sky. You've got uh, you know, a virus that's basically running rampant with every nook and cranny of human life that's controlled by computers. And uh, I got to say that the, 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 audible, the audible version is just masterful. It's got a really, really, really good narrator named Johnny Heller. Um, and oh, good um, old it just Johnny. It sounds good. <laughs> oh, you know Johnny. We know Johnny. Johnny's been that's on a couple right. times, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's, that's one of the things that I like about an, an Audible book over a, just like a, either a digital book or a hard copy book, and that is, when you listen, rather than just reading, there's an added element. You hear the excitement in the narrator or you hear the drop in the tone when it becomes yes. serious. And it's, it's just another way to hear the story. I find myself both listening to books and reading them just to get that experience. Now, do you take advantage of that whole being able to listen and read? The, what's it called? The, the whisper sync. I, I do. Sink. That, you know, I, it's cool. Because, yeah, so, sometimes I'm reading a book and I want to be able to, to go into the car. And I know I can't read, so I'll switch to the audio version. But I will say that I'm kind of spoiled by being able to hear the whole thing. I have in my mind what it should look like or what it should right. sound like when I'm reading. And then when I'm, when I'm listening to it, it's, it's, a, like it's a different thing. It's like watching a different movie. So I don't like spoiling that. But I, I will say WhisperSync is very cool if you ever have one of those uh, driveway moments, you know, when... When you're, you're reading and you got to go someplace and you, you want to keep reading, but you can't, so you just flip it over to the Audible version and boom, you're ready to go. Well, we should explain that WhisperSync works between uh, Kindle, Kindle app and the uh, audible.com account. So when you, you get both, you, you basically get the audiobook and the book for a discounted rate and you can literally go between them and it keeps your spot. So if you're on page 53 and you switch over to the audiobook, it continues at page 53. You know, Paul, I, I can't say enough about Audible. If only there were a place where people could go to maybe get a free <laughs> book credit and try it out. Uh, if, if only such a place existed. I don't know. We might have to send, we might have to send this video today from this show because this is probably the world's longest ad read ever. But you can go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys. Check it out. You can try it for one month for free. You do have to plug in. I believe you do have to plug in your credit card. You can cancel before the 30 days are up. But... If you're like me, you'll stay for years and years and years if you love books. And like, like I said, it's the way I get an extra book or two a week in my idle time and washing the dishes. It's not boring when you're, you know, you're on a spaceship, you know, yep. you're transported like my, to another like place. My good friend, like my f good friend, Sir Jimmy Goot says, hey, it's better than a CD. 
That's right. <laughs> uh, this moves right into what are we reading? And I'm not playing that jingle anymore. I hate that jingle. It's just okay. long. I, we're going to make some a little changes to that jingle. We're going to talk to uh, Jeff Smith. He's back from Africa. Um, Selena, what are you reading? What's on your uh, pleasure reading list anyways? You know, I'm so, I have a couple of things that I've started and stopped. Um, my friend Mindy's Raft just had a YA book that came out called The Symptoms of My Insanity. So I started that, but then I kind of put it aside. A friend gave me a copy of uh, Simon Doonan has a book out called Nasty that's just sort of funny stories from his life. My friend is Simon Doonan's boyfriend's assistant, so he gave me a free copy, which was delightful. Very nice. Um, yeah, and then I'm also sort of in the thick of a book called We Killed that's about um, women in comedy and sort of the evolution and history of that by Yale Cohen, who's a really cool lady. Um, I need to, the, I need to like lean into one, though, and read the whole shebang because I feel like I'm just like reading bits and pieces here and there, and I need to dive in. Yeah, you know, I get into that problem, too. But you know what? I love it. I have actually a little mini shelf up there somewhere where I've got like five books that all have... And depending on my mood that day, it's like, do I want to... Do fantasy, science fiction, nonfiction, you know, and, and if I'm in the mood to listen to Al Gore, you know, give his prophecy, he's not very prophetic, but, you know, mix it up, right? Yeah. Uh, Professor on, Allen. I, I, was on my, uh, I, I was on my Goodreads account earlier in the day and saw that I had seven books in the currently reading category. <laughs> like Selena, that's just kind of embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. I, I used to keep I that know. up, but it's so much work. You know, like, I, like then, be, because I'm like Selena and I'll have like four things in the go to, to go in and switch it on Goodreads. Ah, bollocks. I know. <laughs> I know. People say I should be more active on there and it seems like an awesome website. But yeah, I have so many books that I'm in the midst of reading. But then I just got a, a weekender subscription to the New York Times. So I like to read that. I mean, there's so much good stuff out there. And I have to carry my stuff on the subway with me. So right. hardcover jacketed is hard to be toting around, you know. Uh, Professor Allen, any comic books or books on your table this week? Paul, you would be very proud of me. I've been a very good book guy recently. Oh. One thing I just, I just finished up, a review of which will be on my blog by the time this episode goes up. My friend of the show, guest on episode 76, Jim Zub. I finished up Skull Kickers. Oh, nice. Hardcover. <laughs> Neil before Zub. Neilbeforezub.com. <laughs> this was awesome. It was very good. And the key to a comic story like this, they managed to keep the action going, real action, a real story, while being pretty f darn funny at the same time. Yes, I I'm going uh, through it, it on uh, Comixology, and I, I love the humor. Uh, I could see this being picked up by HBO. Just putting it out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting <laughs> fantasy setting, except for that one guy with the gun. I mean, it's a magic gun where he purchased that. But... I'm definitely going to continue reading it because of the ongoing, these ongoing mysteries. And also, I'm about halfway through a contemporary woman's novel, which I admit is not my usual genre. But when I do read in this genre, I read novels from this author. Longtime internet friend of mine, radio and podcast veteran, guest on this very exact episode. I'm reading Elizabeth, the First Wife by Leon Dolan, which you can't see because of the glare on my nook. But there you go. There it is. Thank you, Alan. I wrote it with you in mind. I'm surprised you're so hesitant to admit that. <laughs> well, the, the heroine is a university professor. Let's just leave it at that, okay? Exactly, exactly. Uh, Leon, what's on your pleasure reading list other than, of course, Elizabeth, the first wife? Well, you know what? I did actually, when you start doing book readings and stuff, I did have to actually review my own book. And oh yeah, what did I write again in the book? Oh, Some yeah. of the parts I was foggy about because I was working so quickly at the end. But, um, you know, I have been on a panel with a local author here in Southern California on a couple of events called Naomi Hirahara. And she has written a great series, a mystery series. And her main character is a Japanese gardener who sort of falls into all these mysteries. And he <laughs> survived Hiroshima and and then moved to Southern California. And I, so I thought I really should read one of Naomi's books. And now I've read like five of them. So I'm not a big mystery reader. So it's fun for me uh, to just move through the whole series. And she's an, an exceptionally talented writer, but she also 
really knows a lot, uh, brings a lot of, of history and knowledge of the Japanese American experience uh, in Southern California to her writing, which is fascinating. And I live here in Southern California, and it's just one of those things you're so surprised when you meet your friend's parents who were in internment camps right. or yeah. who lost their businesses. It's really a part of day-to-day -day life here still. So, um, And she's a, she's a very sort of well-respected historian as well. So the book's been great. It's called the Moss Arai series, M-A-S-A-R-I. And her latest one is called Strawberry Yellow. And it takes place, it's a, that's a disease strawberries get. It, it's a murder mystery that takes place on a strawberry farm in uh, central California. Now, you're talking about the World War II thing there. I, I've spoken with a, a few people that have gone through it. And, uh, yeah, you get some interesting conversations. You learn some things that, you know, Hollywood hasn't shown you. And uh, one of the things I, I learned as doing, I'm, I have a short story that I'm doing, I'm writing. Oh. And it's, it's based on 100 true stories, all, all sort of mashed together. And there was actually a gentleman, a Japanese uh, gentleman, who uh, happened to be in Hiroshima on the day the bomb fell, survived at him. He was like very close to ground zero, like literally had like the wind, you know, go past him as the bomb hit. So he's, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm going back home to Nagasaki. So, so he gets, <laughs> he gets hit. Bomb. Yeah. He survives the oh. second bomb as well. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's stories okay. to tell there, definitely. Uh, that's it. That's what we're reading, folks. Just letting you know, I'm, I've got nothing on the go. <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. My mom used to tell me. So all the books I've read between last episode and this one, Let's just leave it at that. I've got nothing to talk about. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And right after the break, we'll be talking to our guests about their new books. And we're going to talk some podcasts, too, of course, because Leanne's a podcaster. She's got some great podcasts, I'm told, by Fresher Allen that i got to put on my uh, iPad, iPod, Samsung, and all that. So stay <laughs> tuned, folks. Do not turn that dial. There's no dial on anything anymore. <laughs> Don't press that touch screen. Uh, geeking out with some friends, and they introduced me to Doctor Who. Alert! Alert! Why are you behind discussion detected? Why are you humans discussing the anti-Dalek propaganda television program? Doctor Who? Answer! Answer! Uh, it's 50th anniversary of the show. There's a television show on Earth about the doctor it's the 50th anniversary uh where did you guys come from this is the 50th anniversary of the daleks it is of the daleks do not ignore the daleks all humans who do not recognize the supreme authority of the dalek race will be And we're back. We're back from the break. I'm glad you folks didn't touch the dial or touch the touch screen. You're still here. That's good. That's good. We're talking with Selena Kopic. How are you, Selena? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? Very well. And this is your book, The New yes, Rules for Blondes. Yes, The New Rules for Blondes. Tell us, tell us a bit about the book. Uh, it's a collection of humorous essays uh, celebrating and subverting the blonde stereotype. And it's both informational uh, for example, I have like a chapter where I interview a colorist. I have a chapter where my mom talks about her being a blonde in her era. Uh, and then it's also personal stories and anecdotes, uh, like storytelling pieces. I do a lot of stand-up and storytelling. So it's, I took those and sort of made them into chapters that are uh, true stories from my life that are, uh, a lot of them I think can be blamed on blondness. <laughs> I, I had a very hard time getting through it. I'll be honest with you, just because. Oh, really? Yes, because I'm hair challenged. That's yeah. the only reason. <laughs> I have never seen you without a hat. That explains so many things. <laughs> I'm normally clean shaven. No time mm. to shave today. This week has been busy. But yeah, uh, all this talk about hair. I'm sorry. I'm jealous. <laughs> discouraging. It's, it's discouraging to some of us fellows, okay? Oh, yeah. I know. And I mean, and the book has a lot of like serious info about highlighting and your colorist. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed some of the stories about, you know, when I got mugged and I chased the guy down, 
there's some funny stories in there. Absolutely. And, and are you still doing stand-up? Yes, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The, I like the humor it. really shows through. Uh, is that you on the cover? It was, yeah. It's a cartoon <laughs> version of, uh, that was a photo of me every year for Halloween. I dress up as Farrah Fawcett every year <laughs> just because I love her. Um, so that was me one Halloween dressed up as Farrah Fawcett. And I had like on the red tank top, you know, from the poster. Well, it's really nice. a red swimsuit. Um, yeah, it was pretty rad. Is, is there and, a, a Burt Reynolds in your life that follows you around or? Sadly, no. No, there's not. But I'm always recruiting. Oh, that's Lonnie Anderson, by the way. Oh, yeah, you're right. I know. Wait, wasn't <laughs> yeah. she? Yeah. Hey, Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill is fair ding, ding, ding. Listen, Sir Jimmy, Damn. I'm pretty sure Burt Reynolds got in there at some point. Just saying. <laughs> oh, boy. There goes our PG rating. Sorry, Padre. <laughs> <laughs> so, Selena, what brought you to, to write The New Rules for Blondes? Um, well, I, I've been doing stand-up and, uh, and storytelling for eight years, um, and I've always kept a blog, and I write re on my blog, I write recaps of the TV show The Bachelor, um, which I love to hate. It's like such a terrible show, but I worship it. Um, so I write recaps of The Bachelor, uh, and I mostly just make fun of people, and it's an excuse to talk about pop culture and like, you know, talk about random stuff that I'm interested in. Um, and my blog has a little bit of a following from my Bachelor recaps. So from that, and Anne found my blog and liked my style, and she sort of conceived of the idea uh, because the imprint that it came out on It Books is really like pop culture-y and just sort of light stuff. Um, so she said, you know, I think I would sell a book called The New Rules for Blondes. So I, uh, I was very fortunate in that, you know, she'd seen my writing already. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the idea was sort of perfect because I'm obsessed with my hair. Uh, and so, so when she said, you know, like, I feel like a book about being blonde would be good. I was like, oh, damn straight, you know, darn straight. <laughs> we, so what do you feel like on Desiree? Oh, yeah. The Desiree season just started on Monday. I just wrote a recap about it. Yeah. I, I was think. just looking at that on, uh, selenacopic.blogspot.com. Yay. Very nice. Yeah. I was just about to ask what the website, what's that website address, Jimmy? Uh, selenacopic.blogspot.com blogspot.com we'll put that is c-o-p-p-o-c-k and selena's yep. s-e-l-e-n-a there you go and we'll it put it up on so the screen it'll be on the those. screen right here there it is on the screen check okay. it out folks oh okay it all, it's right there it all connects it's to like my magic. website too and my website's just selenacopic.com my full name well when i went into google and typed in selena copic it said selena copic bachelor yeah <laughs> 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 it is <laughs> oh, oh man yeah, that's my claim to fame. Yeah, that and that my sister is uh, the face of Toyota. I don't know if you guys have seen the Toyota commercials with Jan behind the desk. Okay. That's my sister. I haven't, but <laughs> we will. Weird family. <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, I, I've that got a question quite for a Selena. Claim to fame. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, Selena, what, when, you're, when you're writing a book um, uh, like this, which is, you know, it's part humor, part research, part apocryphal, uh, how do you strike that balance? Because, of course, you need to embrace the stereotype, because that's how you make fun of it. Uh, okay. And then you need, you need to offer some, you know, some personal or some uh, you know, just fun data about it, so, so, some, some nice little vignettes. But there's, there's that super fine line between being funny and being mean, uh, you know, being self-referential and, and just being uh, snarky. Uh, how do you find that? I, that is something that I thought a lot about because it's, I find that it's really easy to sort of just like go off on a tangent and then next thing you know, it's kind of dark or it's really mean spirited. And, um, I find it really hard to temper that when it's just me all alone. So my editor and my agent were so helpful in sort of sometimes helping me to write the ship and guide me back. Um, but, but also, you know, for some of the more informational chapters, I think it's really easy to get dry, like for it to end up being really dry, like here's info about how you color your hair. And for that, I sort of wrote it out initially and then walked away and then went back to sort of punch it up. Um, and a lot of comedians get hired to just punch up scripts. Um, so I was sort of thinking about that as far as like, okay, what unrelated pop culture trivia could I put in here as a footnote or whatever? And my book has a ton of footnotes. Um, and those were really funny, fun ways to not disrupt the narrative, but to insert, you know, some uh, <laughs> some jokes. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, you, you did make it interesting and, and, and funny because, I mean, learning about coloring your hair and for a guy with no hair, 
and absolutely no need for this knowledge. You still Not need entertaining. <laughs> Unless I get a All wig, right. then can you color? Do you color wigs? No, no, you don't. <laughs> but you know, uh, it made it really interesting, uh, so that I could stay along with the the storyline. Anyways, nice. a lot of fun. I need some advice, Selena. What do you do when you go online to check your bank statement and see if a check come on, and you saw where? Um, someone in the family went and apparently got a haircut and some highlights and it was $150 and that's like a year and a half's worth of haircuts for you. Well, how do you handle that? Oh, you know, I, it's the discrepancy between the price of men's haircuts and women's is crazy. And I know 150 probably seems like a lot. Trust me, it's, it's standard. Nah. Um, nah. Yeah, exactly. So that's Jimmy, the price of admission. Like, Sir Jimmy, I'll you tell you exactly how you handle that. You're grateful it's only 150. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> First of all, yeah, you're, you're lucky, exactly. Wow, where did you find that cheap hair stylist? Good for you, honey. <laughs> oh, uh, Liam's you guys right. are all on a team. You're Liam's a right. Team. First of all, you're lucky it's only well, I gotta, 150. I have, I have to tell you the I have, I have to tell you the comment I make every time I get my hair cut, which is about every six weeks. It takes four minutes. And as I'm as as the lady is finishing up, of course, random lady do, doesn't matter who it is. Um, I understand that's a total guy thing. Um, yeah. So whoever the miscellaneous hair cutter of the moment is, I say, how come it takes my wife so much longer? I don't understand. I just get the clippers all the way around. Why can't you do that for her? And then we laugh, laugh, laugh. Sir Jimmy, the answer is always, each and every time. Honey, your hair looks great. That's the only it. Only acceptable answer. Only answer ever. Yep. For that. Noted. I, I'm trying to grow as a as a human being and a husband. So. <laughs> well, you know. It's good to know. We're, we're, I mean, it can take like three hours. I sometimes will spend almost an yes. entire Saturday afternoon at my old colorist, Ronaldo, who left me. But we won't. I don't even want to get into that. There, there was a big thing in Toronto, maybe the seven, eight years ago, where uh, the. The, the, the females were very upset that their hair, you know, their hair, just a plain haircut, no coloring, nothing. Plain haircut cost $20. And for males, it was $7, $8 at the time, $6, $7, whatever, between 6 and 8 mm -hmm. So they basically forced all these people to, to equalize. So we got the bad end of the deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, all I, the male I barber shops went up to yeah. 20 yeah, they weren't going to equalize down, were they? It never right. worked that way. Yeah. <laughs> so all the women protesting for this were thinking, ha-ha, we're going to get $7 haircuts. No, the men yeah. now got to pay 20 <laughs> <laughs> I can say, you've, see, you've touched the nerves with this topic, Selene. You've definitely touched the nerves. <laughs> I try to hit on the hard-hitting topics. Yes. <laughs> so, Selena, you know, Selena, who, it's, who it's would hard, you... It's hard, but someone's got to cover the hard-hitting news. Exactly, really. yes. exactly. Yes. <laughs> Selena, who would you recommend your book to? Who, who's uh, the, the ideal reader, the person that must read this book? I think, I mean, I think everybody knows a blonde or two who is obsessed with her hair. So this book <laughs> is for her because, like, man, I mean, blondes are crazy. I know. Like, but, yeah, I mean, we're crazy, but we're amazing. Um, but so I definitely recommend it. I also think, I think some of the pop culture references, I'm 33, and I think some of the pop culture references are for, like, my generation. But... Since I interviewed my mom, too, I think it also can skew to an older audience. So, like, I'd say anyone, you know, maybe, like, 20 to 65. Um, I think okay. pro primarily ladies would enjoy it, but I think men might get a kick out of some of the stories, too. So, Jimmy, uh -oh. someone said 33. You press the bell. Come on. Okay. Yes, there 33. And you. my wife here, she's telling me, no, she does not have an expensive haircut. So you guys are right. I appreciate right. Yes, no. Yeah, it's fantastic. 150 is normal, you and your color looks yeah, great. Sir, sir Jimmy, we're, we're going to send you a copy of Selena's book for your wife. Yay. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll call her Mrs. Sir Jimmy. I know we're keeping some yes. anonymity <laughs> here. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. honey. Sorry, Jimmy, I called her honey. Oh. <laughs> so, the new rules for blondes. We'll put a link up on the screen, Amazon, and your website, and your blog. Yay! This is brilliant. And your tweeter. You got a tweeter. Selena Kopik on the tweeters. I know, yeah. I Twitter. I try to tweet occasionally. And uh, since The Bachelor just, or The Bachelorette, then I'll be writing a lot of blogs. So, enjoy. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, we're going to move on, Selena. Uh, will you stick around, Selena, for the rest of the show? Please, yeah, definitely. Please, please, please sure. thank you. We're going to go on to a section we like to call Podcasts. 
Professor Allen, we've got, not only do we have a great podcaster on the show today, we've got, Sir Jimmy's got a podcast he must talk about. I probably always have one I want to talk about. So, so what are we talking about today, Professor Allen? What's the podcast? Well, I, I have got the transition story about Lian, who hosts Chaos Chronicles, her solo podcast. But she got her start on the Satellite Sister show, uh, podcasting with her four real-life sisters. And I will tell you this, uh, this is a great transition from the Selena Kopic story, that I, mean, I recommend guys listen to ladies talk because you learn stuff. <laughs> and one, yes. I, because I've listened so much to Leon, the Satellite Sisters and, and Chaos Chronicles podcasts, I, I recognized that it was a traumatic event for my wife when her hairstylist moved to another state. See, I would not have known that if Leon hadn't told me about driving, I don't know, 90 minutes, which in Los Angeles is like five miles, but still, to make sure you get to the right guy. And I played that clip for my wife and my daughter, and they both totally agreed. But see, I would not have known that. Without uh, 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 without that knowledge imparted. Hey, listen. Well, well, while we're here, I'm going to give a tip for for us bald guys. The tip is always have two shavers. If you if you if you shave it yourself, <laughs> always have two. Because if one of yours conks out in the middle, you're you're walking into the store with half a head of hair. They think you're a punk rocker, and they, they some of them will kick you out of the Walmart. I'm just telling you, always have two shavers on hand. You can't get kicked out of Walmart. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, Leanne, yeah, just tell us a lot. Uh, Leanne, just tell us a little bit about Satellite Sisters, about Chaos Chronicles, about podcasting, and we'll talk about the book too. But sure, tell us all sure. The things you're into. Well, yeah, I, it is a it is a lot uh, that I do, but basically, it's talking and writing. It's when you boil it all down. I have only two skills: it's talking and writing. So I just stick with those two. And um, Satellite Sisters started as a broadcast radio show. Uh, in 2000, my sisters and I thought, you know, why isn't there anyone on the air that sounds like we do when we talk to each other? They're not mad at each other. They're not yelling and screaming. They're not talking about sports nonstop, although I enjoy sports. Um, we thought, there should be someone on the air that sounds like women when they talk to their friends. And, um, and so uh, we pitched this idea to public radio, and shockingly, we sold it. And then we had to go raise all our own money, because it was public radio. <laughs> and um, so we did Satellite Sisters for 10 years on uh, um, PRI, and then we moved to ABC, and then it moved to podcast. And we really covered everything. We, we moved beyond hair, but I'm glad, Alan, that um, we provided that public service <laughs> for you. But we talked about the news. We talked to authors. We talked to newsmakers. You know, we did my sister who's a teacher did movie reviews we just sort of covered the gamut the way normal friends like you guys talk when you talk about the stuff you're interested in and then I started doing my own segments called the chaos chronicles on modern motherhood and I wrote a column in working mother magazine for a long time and then I just transitioned to a solo podcast which was kind of hard actually after being one of five to sort of find my voice as you know, a single talker uh, took me a while, but I've been doing that for four years. And then I started writing fiction and, and again, just sticking with the writing and talking. That's what I appear to be able to do. That's, that's great. That's, that's kind of why we got into podcast or why I started this show a couple of years ago was I wanted to listen to this podcast, but it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Right. So exactly. That's we're, exactly. We're so right blessed now uh, to be in, in this world that we're, we can just grab, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff and, and do it. It's, it's amazing. Right. It really is. And yeah, no. It, yeah, agreed. I mean, when, when Satellite Sisters, we were on the air at ABC and Disney sold off the whole radio division. So we found ourselves without any time on the air. But we weren't done talking. So we just got ourselves some Macs. Right got ourselves some mics. I knew how to edit in GarageBand, and we figured it out, and that's when I started Chaos Chronicles. It is amazing how far technology has come. With the public radio, you're probably constrained to half an hour, an hour, and on a strict time frame. And one of the advantages podcasts have, and Netflix as well, uh, is that our time is variable. I mean, we could do yep. a half-hour episode today. 
We could do a three-hour episode tomorrow, an hour episode the next day. And even uh, Ron Howard has taken advantage of that with the, the latest uh, season of Arrested Development on Netflix, where the episodes are between like 29 minutes and 37 minutes, where they didn't have to cut out great scenes. You know, usually in television, they go, oh, man, it was a great show, but we got to cut seven minutes. And it ends up on the yeah. chopping room floor, right? Where with us, right. we don't have that. We also don't have an agenda where there's no boss that comes in and says, Leanne, you can't talk about that book. You got to talk about this book. You can't talk about, right. you know, and they don't call up Selena and say, you can't talk about this episode of, uh, you know, of The Bachelor. You know, we, we have so the Leanne, do you think great. this is like a, a good show to people listen to who have children ready to head off to college and they don't know where they're going to send them? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I do have one of those. <laughs> yeah, I've got one that's coming pretty soon, so I think I need to listen to this episode from uh, uh, 5 9 13. Oh, that was just, yeah, I did a whole special series. I mean, some takeoffs. I do author interviews myself, and then um, all last year I had a, a son that's a senior in high school. He just graduated, but I, I talked about the college admissions um, experience over the course of the year with a friend of mine who's also a podcaster uh, and a psychologist and an expert in college admissions. So we, you know, we sort of uh, can take it in a lot of different directions and just start producing different series, and that one's called the College Bound Chronicles. So... It's been big, you're right. It's the ultimate sort of flexible uh, way to show your creativity, and it's fun. It's fun to talk, and then you just turn off the mic and you're done. Book publishing no. is, as Selena knows, it's the complete opposite. You know, you write and you work and you edit and you re-edit and you overthink, and oh gosh, it's so permanent. It's on the page, and talking is the the opposite of that. One of the things that Leanne talking about technology is, I know, with the first book, uh, Helen of Pasadena, and I assume with with Elizabeth, the first wife, you did a lot with, uh, you know, uh, book clubs and reading groups and some of that in real life, but a lot of that over technology, sort of who came up with that idea and, and how did you work that? That's something I hadn't heard many authors doing. I did some Skype book clubs um, with Helen, and I'll do I'll do more with Elizabeth, the first wife. And I stole it from Claire Cook, another author. I, I looked around at a lot of different. This is my first fiction with Helen of Pasadena, and I'm like, well, what are other authors doing? And she was offering up Skype book clubs. I'm like, I think I could figure that out if I could produce my own podcast. I can probably figure out a Skype book club and. Um, and so I put it out there that I'd be doing it, and I did a couple of dozen book clubs all over the country. People would just call me up on their screen, and, you know, it's not great for hours of entertainment, but, like, for a good 25-minute book talk, I would be there, and I'd just connect with the people. So I remember doing book clubs in Seattle and Cape Cod and Alabama and Atlanta because regular book touring is so expensive and very yes. few publishers send authors out on real expensive book tours anymore. And but it's I generally did a just of, heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, right, oh. right. Now one show, it's just, it is. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, driving around in a van from bookstore to bookstore oh. and some of the bookstores haven't promoted Not, it well. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have a tidbit about that. I did a book signing. Uh, I'm from Boston originally, and I did a book signing in like my hometown bookstore a couple weeks ago, and I got heckled by a drunk homeless woman. And there was like oh, three so people there. I was like, oh. Like, That's the prime example where they don't promote it right. And then you show up, you know, pile of books, pen, smiley face. I know, and I was giving out blondies, and so the homeless people were swarming because I was giving uh -huh. out free blondies. Well, I'll teach you. Sometimes a Skype book tour makes sense. Or Google Hangouts. I know. Up I think it really does. <laughs> and you know, Selena, I by the way. I thought Google Hangouts for this one. I thought Google Hangout might be better, but I, I don't use it a lot. But I, have to, I can figure it out. So That's the whole um, thing with Google stuff. It's really great, and it's really hard to figure out. Uh-oh. But it is. It can be demoralizing to go do those book signings. I did, I did one in Pasadena the other day. That was great. I had like 100 people. And then like three days later, I had one person a book signing. <laughs> so, well, one of the things I, I tell authors is get on the podcasts. Uh, you got, you know, 10,000 here, 5,000 there, 1,000 there, you know, 20,000 the other one, 100,000 on the next. Get on the book podcast. You know, why do people tune into the Book Guys show? Books. Yeah. You know, they're, they're watching this thing or listening to it for an hour because they want to hear, well, 
this that's the one I want to li- listen to this week or read this week. And they're going to go out on Amazon and buy it. And, and that's the whole thing. And the whole, yeah, sitting there, there's only five people in the store. The store yeah. didn't bother to promote it. Exactly. The homeless guy's coming at you with a knife. <sighs> what are you going to do? I, c- <laughs> I know. Stop I really drop and roll. <laughs> You know, this is, this is one of the, uh, this, this is the double-edged sword that is podcasting today. As, as we've mentioned, it's a whole lot easier to get out there and, and get your content. You can do it with Skype. You can do it with uh, Hangouts. Uh, there's several tools that you can use to basically put together a production that used to take a million-dollar-plus studio. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's amazing. On the downside, it now means you're out there. It now means you're, you're vulnerable, you know, and there is, as coming from a person who started his own podcast, saw it take off because it was one of the very early podcasts, and then kind of peter off when it got really crowded, there's nothing worse than realizing, hey, I put X number of hours or X number of days into making this podcast, and right. it has 200, 300 viewers. And, you know, it, it, that kind of gets to you. It, that's when you almost kind of wish for the old days where you had a studio to insulate you. Because a, a studio, they're not looking at the short term. They're looking at the long term. And there, they're not going to get actually a ter- a, There's a show. term for that, Padre. It's called pod fade. And yep. the thing is, people don't realize that Conan O'Brien didn't perform his first show in front of 3 million people or 20 million people. He went from slum to slum doing stand-up over and over and over and over and over again. He took, you know, 10 years, 15 years to get where he is now. And people think, well, I got a great podcast. I'm putting it on the internet. And if, if they don't get, you know, 50,000 listeners by the first, you know, week, they give up. You can't give up. Right. You're to keep going. Like we're at what, 10, 15,000 every week. And we keep building. And it's been two years. It's been a lot of hard work. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going. Your numbers, though, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm ecstatic. But, yeah. you know, yeah. it didn't happen the first year. You know, right. we were happy yeah, to have 100 listeners. Yeah. Episode three, we had 100 listeners. We had a party. We're like, that's it. <laughs> when we got to we're 500. 30,000 listeners this show. Easy. Wow. Easy. 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 But, yeah. we, you know, when we got to like five. We got to 500 listeners. We looked around. It was at the time it was Chris, Greg and I. And, I, and I, we looked around and said, we couldn't fit all our listeners here in this <laughs> shop, in the studio. That's brilliant. So our goal now is to get to the point where we can't fit all our listeners into the Air Canada Center in Toronto. But folks, <laughs> keep at it. Like authors who give up. You know, they get their book out, six months. Well, I haven't sold a million copies. I'm obviously not Stephen King. Keep at it. Don't stop. I know. It's, it's so hard, though. I mean, I'm sure Selena has the same experience. You walk into a bookstore, and there's the thrill of seeing your book, and then there's the depression at looking at all the other books. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I know it's a really like not to be too candid and get myself in trouble, but it's a real like ego roller coaster. You know, I mean, yeah. I had a book release party in Brooklyn and it was packed and it was amazing. And then, you know, like two weeks later, I'm in Boston in my hometown being heckled by a homeless vagrant. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of hard to take. You know, I mean, it's really up and down. Right. Yes, it is. It is. And it's really hand-selling. You know, you really have to get out there and literally sell every book. I did, for my first book, 120 personal appearances. Wow. Stayed on the bestseller list in L.A. for a year, but I went to, like, 75 book clubs. Wow. So every night, you know, for weeks, I was doing five book clubs a week. You know, there aren't, that's that's a lot of schlepping. It's a lot of (laughs) grooming. And I'm like, Selena, I don't really enjoy grooming that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big difference. I know. Yeah, you it's know, a podcast for a reason. We see that we see that on the Twit Network. So one of the things that we have on the Twit Network is we have actually a lot of involvement with our audience. Uh, we have a, a real-time chat room that has at any given time between you know one and five thousand people in it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a hundred thousand views on a, a major announcement. We did two hundred fifty thousand live viewers for the Google I/O announcement. But the thing that that our advertisers pay for is the engagement, but the engagement takes a lot of energy. It takes, it's yes. not just, Hey, you make your show, you put it on the download and boom, you're done. It's uh, guess what? You got to be in the chat room. You got to go out to events. You got to meet your fans. You got to say right. hello. You got to press the flash. It's, it's all the things that you would have to do if you were making any sort of content that you want to become popular. And that is, it can't just be good content. Right. There has to be some reason why they chose your good content over someone else's good content. 
And that might be your book appearance. That might be you showing up to yeah. CES. That, that might be the hours you spent in the chat room when you didn't have to be there. Uh, but yeah, and I think that's, that's pretty much universal, right? It doesn't matter if you're an author, a podcaster, a, a voiceover artist. You, you want there to be that emotional connection to you. Uh, and, and, you know, Selena, that's, that's where that, emo- that ego roller coaster comes into yeah. play because it's like, oh, I have an emotional connection to you. Then it's, oh, I have an emotional connection to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and it's so time, like, you know, the, the thing is already time consuming, be it a podcast or writing a book or whatever. But then the promoting of it, like, I mean, I perform stand up almost every single night and I work nine to six every day. And I used to also be a tour guide on the weekends. Like, there's just so much to do, you know, but all of it is necessary, like, because all of it connects to the other parts to, you know, like, I promote my book at stand-up shows and storytelling shows, and then that sells more books, and, I mean, it's all connected. That's and, one thing a lot yeah. of authors don't get is that, yes, it takes a lot of time to make, to write a great book. You're going to spend 10 times as much time promoting that book. Oh, exactly. And, and to paraphrase yeah. Stephen King, it's, uh, you know, talented writers are a dime a dozen. It's perseverance, and... Staying out there. I, you know what? I'm going to take a time right now. Two books I think every author should read. First off, On Writing by Stephen King. Like his stories or not. You know, I know it's cool to not like Stephen King if you're, you know, a highbrow reader. But the man sold a lot of books. You know, he's got, he's got some uh, writing chops. Second book is Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. I can't, you know, stress that one more. Gary Vaynerchuk tells you how to get online, get out there, and it's all about time duplication rather than going, driving like Scooby-Doo and, and the boys with Velma in the van. And, you know, that was, that's how they did it 20 years ago. You got in the van with 100 books and you went to the thing and you hoped you could sell 10 or 20 of them. Get online, time duplicate, do a Google Hangout, put up a website, even little videos. Do a little video. I mean, even though you're not personally connecting with the person or chatting on Skype, a little video. Selena, you, a little video of you talking about the book connects with the people. Mm-hmm. You know, you I got to tell you, after you read that Gary Vaynerchuk book, you annoyed me to death. You were just <laughs> like you were, you got on meth. And you were like, we got to get do it. this. We got to get, get it. bigger. We got to grow. We got to bring some people in. We got to do stuff. And I'm like, what's wrong? Now you got to read this book. And, and But in a year after reading that book, I grew my Twitter followership from 1,000 to about 18,000. Wow. Wow. Now I'm down to 15,000 because I cut out all the, the fake <laughs> oh, accounts. Yeah. All the bots. You got to skim it. <laughs> yeah. I skimmed it. <laughs> Sir Jimmy, you have another podcast that you want to talk about, I heard. Oh, yeah. It's called America's yeah. Test Kitchen. It's just a, it's a podcast that's based off of a TV show and a radio show. These people in uh, Massachusetts that do a show telling you how to cook stuff, what kind of things to cook it in, you know, different ways to cook it. Um, they they do like gadget reviews. They they try different kinds of wine or cheese or, you know, people call in and say I've got this recipe that was my grandmother's that, um, it was like is it audio it had mold audio or video? We can't tell what this one ingredient is. Can you tell me what it is? And these people solve everybody's cooking and you know, uh, audio or video. Stuff. It's pretty cool. Audio or video. I think it's both. I'm I'm only listening to the audio because when I consume podcasts, I'm in the car. So I try to stay away from that watching video while driving thing. So, but it's a half-hour cooking show that's on public television. It's in the United States and in Canada, um, and the the host is Christopher Kimball. He's uh, he wrote a book called Cooks Illustrated, which um, I've heard several people, including Eric from Garden Fork TV, talk about it. And um, it's just very interesting. It's there's you hear a ton of little things about like. How you can take a, a plastic water bottle and separate a yolk from an egg white? Yes, I've done that. <laughs> oh, I mean, just little tips and things like that. So, you know, that's but, just hey, it's, don't, it's only don't, out once a week. And, don't but tease it's the been folks going, at home. Don't tease uh, the folks at home. You take, an em- you take an empty two-liter bottle, you squeeze it, you hover it above the egg, then you let go, and it'll it'll pull up the yolk. Oh yeah, just saying. But it doesn't even have to be that. It can just be. It can be a little tiny, you know. Yeah, it's science bottle. (laughs) Yeah, and you can just you can separate them instantly. You can, and then you pop it out. Yeah, uh, if you Google that, separating uh, an egg yolk with a plastic bottle, watch the video because you'll be like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." We're talking. We're talking podcasts because uh, you know. 
We, we lost Leon on Skype. The usual story of Bookeye's show. Skype she's coming back. I feel she it. Is. There hey. she is. And she's and back. Yay. Sorry. My, my whole computer crashed. The whole thing died to restart you, the you, whole thing. You looked better, so it means it was slowly dying until it finally went oh, out. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Well, okay. we, we were just talking some podcasts while you were gone, Leon. But we you know we we never got to really touch on Elizabeth, the first wife. Oh, okay. Tell tell us what it's all about. What's the story? What's it about? Uh, it's about a woman who's a Shakespeare professor at a community college here in Pasadena, Pasadena City Community College, and um, she's from a very prominent Pasadena family. Only kind we have here in Pasadena. So she is the daughter of a, a Caltech professor, a Nobel laureate in physics, and uh, his high-pressured mom, and her brother-in-law is a congressman, and her sister is curing cancer at the City of Hope. And Elizabeth's a little stuck in her life. Uh, feels like maybe you know she's wearing too many European comfort shoes to really have a good time, but she's trying to get her life back together. And then her ex-husband comes back to her. He was her college sweetheart, and now um, he's a very famous movie actor, and FX Fahey, and he wants to put on an um, avant-garde production of A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Ashland Shakespeare Festival. So he, want, he needs Elizabeth's help, and uh, hilarity ensues. So off they go to Ashland to produce this, this um, Midsummer Night's Dream with a Woodstock vibe to it. So there's prose, but then also within the book, there's kind of a book within the book, because Elizabeth um, is writing, she's interested in pop culture too. She doesn't have a very serious academic bent. And um, so she's writing a relationship, contemporary relationship book based on the work of William Shakespeare. You know, Leon, I'm a sucker for hilarity ensues. Okay. I'm a sucker for all advertising. <laughs> but whenever I hear hilarity ensues, I'm reading it or watching it. That's why back in the day, I never really, really liked Three's Company, the TV show. But the TV guy, it always said, blah, 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 blah. Hilarity ensues. So I'm, 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 I'm putting Elizabeth, the first wife, on my reading list Good, just because excellent. of hilarity ensues. I think so. Professor Allen, you've been reading uh, Elizabeth, the first wife. What do you think so far? So far, hilarity has ensued. <laughs> there you go. I'm, Leon, about, I'm, I'm about a third of the way through it, which is about as far as Leon just told us. I was hoping I'd get a few spoilers, but I no. guess you could give away the ending. No. Leon, is there a website folks can check out Elizabeth the First Wife? You know, the best place to go is just my website, leandolan.com, and that will lead you to their links, Light Sisters podcast, the Chaos Chronicles podcast, and the information about my books. And we'll put it up on the screen. It's right there, right now. Oh, good. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, ladies and wait gentlemen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa. How do you spell Leon? I it's right know, there. thank it's right you. There. L-I-A-N. I know. It's, it's an right Irish there. name, allegedly. <laughs> well, some <laughs> people might not have the fancy video telescreens and, you know, they're that's just a good listening point, on Jimmy. their, you know, what, their, Jimme, uh, you that's... know 2003 iPod. So. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> right. The, you know, and we've, we've got, we've got to go back to saying each other's names like hey sir jimmy how you doing because we we keep I'm abandoning fine, Paul. yeah <laughs> thanks see? for asking we keep abandoning our audio listeners so they're sitting there going who's talking who's he talking to right so that's true you know what i did a podcast with my with four other people uh and we were constantly saying each other's names because that's what they told yes. us to do like we would never have talked that way in real life we, we've kind you, of we abandoned were... it uh, Leon, because of the video thing but we still yeah. get a lot of audio listeners. Yeah. Go back to it. People need to know. <laughs> yeah, Who's talking? If you think we need to uh, do more of this, you know, email us, newsroom at me.com. Tell go. us what you think. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today, Selena, Leon. Thank you. Thanks. you go it's been fun. On, we're going to let you go on your merry way. We'll put links in the show notes and at bookguys.ca to both your books. Thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and we're going to come back and talk book news just, just amongst the boys. Okay. Just amongst the boys. Okay. <laughs> all but right. All, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is book girl show. My goodness. Right here. <laughs> yes. Right here. We'll, we'll, we'll plug in the, uh, the book girls jingle as well. <laughs> Don't touch that touchscreen dial thingy. Be right back. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, you locked and loaded? Oh, not yet. All right. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash.
we're back again. Guys, I just want to show you. This is really cool. was sent to me. Now, you know I'm a big digital audiobook you know, fan and the whole CD thing, but look how cool this is. This is the collector's edition of The Clockwork Angels by Neil Peart, the drummer oh. for Rush. It's obviously a giant box. That's a working clock at the front. I haven't put the battery in yet. Working clock. When you lift off the top and the clock, it's kind of neat. Really cool presentation. So there's all the CDs. So I'd like to say thank you to Brilliance Audio and uh, Neil Peart, best freaking drummer in the world. There is no drummer better than Neil Peart. It ain't easy being cheesy. For that. He, he, he stands alone. And he must be using all that rock and roll money to finance that uh, that packaging. <laughs> That's and, right. And his, his greatest work, his greatest work in the United States, we say it correctly, which is YYZ. That's right. Oh. <laughs> not not that whole Z thing. YYZ, of course, being the uh, the old airport. Uh, Airport code for Toronto. Also got in the mail from Amazon. Sir Jimmy, this is completely unrelated to this podcast, but for the reboot of oh, emergency yes. broadcast system. Are those breathalyzers? These are. <laughs> or is that an ear thermometer? No, these are. Don't stick it in your ear, Sir Jimmy. These are breathalyzers. Now, the rule for this podcast is stay sober. The rule for emergency broadcast system is at the end of the show, we do the breathalyzer, and the least inebriated person has to wear a funny hat the next week on the show. Oh, Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the, with the way that Sir Jimmy drinks, you probably could put that in his ear and still get a reading. <laughs> I, I actually said today, I better get a funny hat on standby. And then Kevin the King Lawler looks at me and goes, you're never going to be the least drunk of four people. <laughs> I said, all right. <laughs> so we're going to try Google Hangouts, I think, for that show. Padre, do you have, do you have any uh, experience with Google Hangouts? I do. You know, it's getting, it gets better and better. There are, if you're a programmer, you can actually add in interface items. So you can do things like mute people and boot them out when you don't want them and, and have a waiting list of people who can come into the meeting at different times. But uh, the, the plain vanilla, although it's better, I still find it um, sometimes lacking in, in quality. I, I think yeah. the, the, one, the number one takeaway for Hangouts is everyone has to have, have a good camera and a good audio setup because otherwise it becomes... The, the, le the, the weakest link becomes that, you know, the echoey, really? nasty sound. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that it records to YouTube automatically on Google's end, but it's like... It's nice. 340p. Yeah. So the, the, yeah. The, the video quality is actually less than what we're getting right now on Book Guys. But... There are there's so many solutions out there that are this close to being the perfect podcasting suite, <laughs> and they're just not taking that extra step, and it, it's, it's infuriating. If only someone could come to the aid of podcasters and people who collaborate online and I, allow I'm us to... I'm talking to you, Citrix. Go to meeting. Hello, hello, hello. I'm talking to you, Citrix. I just registered podcastinabox.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I would love to get Adam Curry's podcast in a box, but it'll probably make everyone sound like this. I <laughs> actually... So you've heard about that, yes? I heard about... The podcast in a box? Uh, we have, yes. Because I know the person who's building it. Ooh. He actually showed me the schematics for it. I'm like, ooh, okay. They don't have the domain. They don't. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Jimmy, you have until Friday when this episode comes out. <laughs> but I, I, is it for audio only or video as well, Padre? Uh, the, the, the one that he's designing is for – it's it's the audio mixer, but you can easily synchronize it with video. So – uh, uh, I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to say who, who it is, but he showed it to me. It is an amazing piece of, of work. Basically, it combines all the, the headache parts that you would have in a oh. studio, from like the compressor. You, you know what? I've never done this before, but look. Uh-oh. Can you see that? All the headache parts there? Yep. Lots of headache parts there, I tell you. <laughs> no, but, but no, it puts it into a, like a... a, a Unit the size of a paperback book. Gotta love that. Uh, you know what? I, I, I literally, I would have paid $200 for someone just to, when we first started this out, to give me the schematics for hooking up all these wires. So a podcast in a box, 
I might be the first customer. Just saying. And I have the schematic so I could actually build it. <laughs> Brilliant. That's another week. Book news and all that. Brilliant. Great guests. Book girls. <laughs> this is me hunting for our uh, lullaby. You ready? You guys ready? You ready? Hit us. Hit it. There it is. Another week. Great guests. Great books. Great friends. Great times. See you next week. Same book time. Same book channel. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. It says I'm sober. Oh, no, there's... <laughs> I beg to differ. There's no batteries in it. <laughs>